Welcome to Six Degrees Within YGK, a podcast where we get everyone within the YGK area where we talk about health, fitness, and overall balance of life. I'm your host, Bob Payne, owner of Crossroad Limestone and Limestone Athletics. Thanks so much for jumping on to this, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Um, how you been? I haven't talked to you in a little bit. Like we haven't seen each other in a little while. So uh, I've, I've been I've been good. Um, basically, um, with the COVID, it's a uh, it's been a challenge. Obviously, as far as running competitions or just being a, a part of the sport, I couldn't have people. As you know, you're a gym owner. I yeah. couldn't really have a lot of any people at my house at various points and a lot of competitions had to be canceled. So it was a, it was a challenge, but we're back. So it's really good. It's exciting. And a lot of people, I mean, as far as uh, that training goes, it's so important because when people get out of that routine, the mental health side of things, even, I mean, so much stress is managed through, through exercise, right. And that community, that strength community. So it's just good to be back. Nice. Now, uh are there any, have you guys done any competitions yet or are there any coming we, up like this summer? Yeah, actually, um, we've, we've, this, this will be our third. Um, but because of the situation, it's only been on our property. Um, so the first one was, uh, February 20, like meeting your house, right? Yeah. Normally it's attached to festivals, um, for like the last, whatever we'll say 18 years, 20 years. Um, all our competitions have been attached usually to some sort of bigger event, a, a festival or um, a fair, things like that. Um, but so because of the, the COVID restrictions, um, February 28th was our first uh, contest where we were allowed to have 25. So I basically had it on at the house and it was only the competitors and we had to wear masks and, you know, hand sanitize, all the things had to be, all the implements had to be wiped down. Um, and, uh, and then the next contest, uh, that we just did Northern, uh, giants, which, um, was again here at the house. And then on Sunday, which is August 28th, we're having Kingston strongest man and woman, um, here at the house again. Uh, and the only reason for that is just because the festivals are, really haven't been able to get up and running again. So, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's different, uh, having them here on the property in a way it's easier for me because I don't have to load up the equipment, drive it, set it all up. Um, it's kind of right here on my property. So that's, that's a, a plus, but yeah. this, this contest is the first one we're allowing spectators. So um, based on the rules, right? So that's exciting. Now for the one in February, did you do the whole strongman competition outside? Yes, we did. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> I named it uh, winter wonderland as part of the, the, the competition it was um strongest highlander winter wonderland so it was definitely uh and we had a ton of snow ton of snow i had all these paths that i had to like um create for uh in areas um in order for us to be able to do it safely like like right down to the grass type thing and um it was uh it was great though it was a plus six that day so beautiful weather there's yeah it was plus six so we were very fortunate to and it was just that was the first time everyone had been together in probably 16 months um so it was just a great uh great group of uh males and females competing 
and everyone was just so happy to to finally put their hands on some implements and have some fun out there so it was good really good oh that's awesome that's so exciting to hear now one thing i wanted to ask you about like so how did you get into the strongman training like how long have you been doing it for like i'd love to hear your creation story how you do this because you do a lot with that and people who do strongman training in this area they know who you are so like how did you get into how did you get involved in strongman training like let's hear this story Okay, well, <laughs> this the story is uh, basically um, my my first kind of opportunity. So if we go right back to the beginning, I was like six or seven years old. I got my first weight set. It was thirty pounds. It was those old vinyl um, cement uh, weight sets with the red um, the red uh, what do you call it? It's there the the collars that were plastic. Anyways. I think my, it was my, my grandmother, um, that had bought it for me. And, uh, I've been like the met or the cement, like the plastic on the outside. With the yeah, yeah. 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. So I had like a 30 pound set or whatever. I was like six or seven years old when I got it. And I, I kind of like, I liked it. And, um, and then, uh, so that kind of just kind of started me off into the, and I'm like little, I'm a little kid, but I'm fairly strong for a little kid. And so I could lift everything. I could lift it all anyways. And so that's impressive, which is interesting because, um, my, my children, I have, I have two older children, Jacob and Emily, who are like, um, Jacob's like, uh, let's see here. He'll be turning 20, 27. Um, and, uh, my daughter, um, Emily, they, so she's, uh, she'll be 25. Um, and so, they both have been um, very uh, involved in the sport because I was as little kids, but now I have, um, I call them my bigs. That's Jake and Emily. And my littles is uh, Harper and Miley. And so it's funny because Miley and Harper are really, really interested in the, in, in, in strength. And they're very, very strong for their, for their age. Um, exceptionally strong. Um, and their grip strength is, is incredible. So anyways, so, um, being around that and sort of seeing young, this, the earlier you get started in this, in this uh, strength game within reason, um, the longer and, and better it will be in the future. If you choose to stay in the sport, whatever, whatever kind of uh, strength, it doesn't have to be strong man or strong woman, but um, training anyway. in general, getting strong for sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, as far as uh, me getting started in this, I was always, by the time I was like, maybe 12 or 13. Um, I had a lot more vinyl weights and, uh, I, you know, I had a, a bench and everything. And so I was always working out. And then I went to a school, uh, that was a grade seven and eight school, which was separate, um, from the, from the high school. But basically once you left grade six, I'm from Guelph. And so it was called Willow road and they had a weight program in the morning and at after school. And Mr. Fox was the, uh, the, gym teacher but he was the one who ran the weight program and it was a free weight program and basically he played in the cfl and was like huge um very very big uh and very strong and so i would i would always uh go to that beforehand because i got bused to that school and so i'd be there early and i would be a part of that program and then at night i couldn't stay obviously because we had to get on the bus but I, every morning I'd be there. So by the time I was in grade eight, um, there was a, there was a weight that he had that he used. It was like 120 pounds. And so 
that weight was, he called it Big Bertha. So anyways, as, as I got stronger and stronger, um, most times Big Bertha was used to bench, like grade eights would, the strong grade eights would bench that. By the um, time I was... Um, just a barbell with the weight? Yeah, it would be a barbell. Yeah, it would just be a barbell with like steel weights on it, like York weights. Yeah. And uh, anyways, that was the weight that he would use, like when he would run the program, um, whatever we were doing. But anyways, by the time I was spent, just before I graduated grade eight, I was curling that 120 pound Big Bertha, which was at that time, no kids could like curl it with their bicep, right? Um, I don't think kids even in grade 12 that. No, well, that's true. Yeah. So uh, no, that's, yeah. And so the way we would do it with, with Mr. Fox was you'd have to be against the wall. Like, do you know what I mean? So there was no like using your back type thing or, or cheat curls or whatever you want to call it, which is not a bad thing. It's for bodybuilding or cheating. Cheat curls are, are used to increase strength and growth. But anyways, that being said, um, so so I kind of continued in that. And then, you know, I, I'd seen the strong man on TV, obviously, like, like everyone has. Um, and it became more popular in the nineties. And although I didn't, although I'd like to try it, compete in it, lots of people are like, well, I'd like to try that one day. That's cool. Um, it wasn't until I actually got into law enforcement. So, um, I, I applied and became a correctional officer up here. So in my first year of being a correctional officer, um, an opportunity came, uh, to go to the Canadian law enforcement games. And so I did, I signed up for it my very first year. I probably only had like maybe five or six months like on the job. And so I applied for, it. I went to it. It was being held in Ottawa and it was being run by, um, Hugo Gerard and Travis Linden. And so they were currently strong men in the, uh, in Canada. And, they uh, good too. In, in what, Ottawa? Did they own a gym in Ottawa called O-Town? Um, Dynamo? I, no, I, I don't believe so. Um, but uh, so Hugo was from like the Gatineau area and he was a he was a policeman. And um, and Travis did live in Ottawa, but he worked uh, at uh, Nortel. Okay. And anyways, so but they were they were like um, they originally were powerlifters that came over to the sport of strongman. So anyway, so they were hosting it. So I go to it and I'm competing against other law enforcement uh, from other law enforcement agencies. And so, you know, I, I was the lightest there, obviously I was maybe, maybe 210 and everyone was much larger. And I was the smallest, like shortest, like 510 and uh, everyone was six feet plus. And anyway, so um, I ended up finishing third. So I was, I was, uh, you know, I was happy. I was pleased. Cause I didn't know. I just, all I had was gym training. That's it. Like, you know what I mean? Your basic gym training. Most of my training was more geared to bodybuilding with a few, um, you know, lifts like deadlifts and, and some overhead pressing, but it really wasn't, um, wasn't geared. My training wasn't geared to that at all. And, uh, so anyway, so I was happy. And so, uh, they had extended to me saying, even though there was guys that were like second and, and third, uh, or I mean, first and second, they, for some reason, they took a liking to me and they extended the invitation to come and start training with them. So of course I said, absolutely. Um, I lived in, I live in Kingston and they were like, well, we do training in Gatineau. If you're willing to make the drive, this is when we trained. Da, da, da. So we exchanged emails because back then social media wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. Um, it was done by email and most invitations that I ever received 
was a lot by the mail even still. Um, so anyways, that being said, um, I started training with them. Now it's interesting because I've been running training for years now, um, here on my property. And, uh, back then when I went, it was pretty hardcore. I would drive, you know, uh, to Gatineau, which is probably whatever, two and a half hours or from, from where I live. And basically I would get there and they would say, and there was other big names there like Dominic Filiou, uh, who was also from Quebec. And, uh, he was, uh, you know, an incredible athlete finished a third, um, I think it was at the 2006 or seven, uh, world's strongest man. Anyways, he, so he, uh, he ends up, uh, they're, they're there and they're all competing and they're training. But for me, because I'm a new athlete, the rule was, is that you didn't learn anything else until you mastered the farmer's walk, which is grip strength. Yeah. And so <laughs> you, you could only do the farmer's walk so many times and your, your, your wrists are shot, your hands are shot. Um, but anyway, so basically until you had the hand strength, to be able to, to walk the distance with the weight that they felt you needed to do. Um, once you mastered that event, then they would teach you another event. And so what was the weight of the farmer walk? Oh, I, I think at that time it was, uh, maybe two, two fifty aside. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought um, it was pretty tough doing like 130 pounds aside. Yeah. Well, it is absolutely. Absolutely. And so when I got into the sport, um, there was only big shows. Like it was only for the, the guys that were like Canada's strongest men. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it was really at the start of it. Um, and, and Ontario's strongest man, like basically the contests were um, more at the elite side of things. But that was great as a beginner. I mean, I had a lot of weaknesses and there was a lot of things that I needed to work on in order to be at their level. So it pushed me, it pushed me to, you know, um, basically make failure my best training partner because I failed a lot before I succeeded. Um, but it was humbling. And the reality was, is, you know, you had to have no ego and you just had to keep working and keep working and take feedback and, you know, learn from competing, learn from these kind of great athletes that were already uh at that high level so anyways as a result i continued to work and part of part of it is is you can train a lot but you learn more the more you compete the more you learn um and the, the competition is 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 really the best teacher but you should never go to contests without being prepared obviously but um so at that point um that next so i did the law enforcement games then I an organization just started at that time called all strength challenge and so I became one of their athletes that organization only lasted about three years and it, every show was televised they had a big television contract they had the second largest purse in the world um so basically there was the world's strongest man which the purse at that time you know might have been thirty five thousand for the winner American and then all strength challenge had like uh it was like $10,000 and a brand new Harley Davidson for first place. Um, yeah. So they were like the second largest purse at that time, at that time, definitely. So, um, it was, it was Marshall Ennis who started it and it was a great, great, he didn't even charge an entrance fee for it because he had such big sponsors and he just really wanted the athletes and to promote the sport. And his background was Highland games and a lot of international competitions. Um, he had done some strongman internationally as well. 
And uh, so anyway, so as a result, um, that was a great exposure for me and for, for, you know, learning about the sport. And uh, so from, from then it, it just started to, to build and you made more connections. And next thing you know, you're getting invited to more and more contests. And actually right at that time, that's when the sport exploded and more and more um, kind of strength organizations started. Um, and then there was a bit of a falling out between. So Hugo Gerard ran the Canadian Federation of Strength. And that was the road to the worlds. Like if, you know, if you were a member of the Canadian Federation of Strength, it was like $50 for the year or something. Then I would, you'd get a card in the mail. And then what would happen is with that card and number, you could go to, if you lived in Ontario, you'd go to Ontario Strongest Man. If you lived in Quebec, you'd go to Quebec Strongest Man. And then you would throw your hat in the ring. And if you were top three, then you, you'd top two or three, depends. Some years it was different. Then you'd go to Canada's Strongest Man and, and then you'd all fight it out. And then the top one or two athletes would go to the world. Some years it would be the top two and some years it would just be the, the, the basically the top athlete in Canada. So, and that all depended on the worlds, right? If, yeah. As a result, um, what had happened was if you were, there was a bit of a, um, a con, I guess maybe uh, the, the organizations, although they were both great organizations, there was conflict between the two organizations. Um, and as a result, they made a, a statement. It was all blogs back then, websites and blogs. Or that's how Strongman yeah. was done. And there was on the Canadian Federation of Strength that said, if you choose to compete with All Strength Challenge, you basically can kiss the uh, going to the world's goodbye because you'll be an outlawed, you'll be banned from Canadian Federation of Strength. So if you're a Canadian Federation of Strength, because at that time, they were they, the Canadian Federation of Strength athletes were competing at All Strength Challenge. So like, I mean, one year, Travis Linden won at the finals and, and, and da, da, da. anyways, so what had happened was this falling out happened. You, see, you can't, you can't go there. So basically I chose to stay with all strength challenge. Um, and so I was considered like an outlaw uh, as far as from their perspective. So what had happened was a year later, they worked out their differences and confederation of strength and all strength challenge joined in the sense of all strength challenge was its own entity with its own television deals but um confederate uh, the federation of strength would supply all the implements and ensure that everything was standard like so if you pressed a 260 log a west you'd be pressing the same one in ontario because it would go right all strength challenge would go right across canada um anyways so and things were going good and so all those top athletes were back at all strength challenge. Now um, there was still another falling out and I don't, I don't know all the details, but there was supposed to be payment made and payments weren't made from one of the organizations. And I think it was, uh, I, I, be, I believe it was the Confederation of strength was supposed to pay all strength challenge for services rendered. Anyways, long story short, it didn't happen. And then what happened was Marshall had a lot of connections internationally. And so he just basically took all strength challenge overseas and then just did all these really cool international competitions, countries versus countries, team competitions. Anyways, but as far as it being Canadian, homegrown, awesome show, it, that was over, which was sad for the sport. Yeah. So that, that brings me to, there was a huge void now 
because all there was was the the Canadian Federation of Strength and there was no spots for anyone else. Let's say you wanted to get into the sport, but you were like, I'm too scared to go against the big, the big guys who go to the worlds, right? So that's where Clydesdale Power came. And that was me because there was this huge void and nobody was running any smaller shows, intermediate shows to advanced shows. There was just the big shows, right? The pros. So what I did was I started Clydesdale Power, which was basically me collecting, you know, over the, over the time, just for myself to train, I started collecting all these implements so I could get better. So I didn't have to drive to Gatineau. So I had done so and I had collected enough. And so then what happened was I started um, offering training, putting on small shows at the grassroots level, which allowed athletes to develop, right? And so I continued to do that. And I mean, now it's 22, 22 seasons that I've been doing strongman. And uh, I've been uh, probably training people for 18 years and, uh, and I've been putting shows on for, it wasn't long after. So after 2003, I think was the last like all strength challenge. That's when the void happened. And I had already started putting on shows for the Canadian law enforcement games. Um, and so, and then, and I was actually co-hosting it like myself and Travis Linden, who I got, I start with, um, he would basically ref it and I would ref, like we would, we would co-ref it together as judges. And uh, yeah, it was, it was great uh, as far as that goes. And, and Travis went to the world's very few athletes from Ontario have gone to world's strongest man. Uh, the majority come from Quebec, a few from at West. Um, but Travis was one who went um, as well. Just recently, um, Maxine Boudreau came third at world's strongest man this year um, in uh, 2021. And so he got his start actually uh, at 19, he flew down uh, and I think he was in, he's from North Bay. He flew down, came to Kingston Strongest Man that we ran at the drive-in and uh, he won that at 19. Um, and I remember um, saying that year I wasn't competing at Kingston's, I was just refing it and my wife, she was scorekeeping. And I remember saying to Sandy, you know, He's he, if he continues with the sport, he's going to do great things. Because Kingston Strongest Man is not an easy contest to to win. It's very um, it's heavy and it's it's a challenge. It's a good it's a it's a good uh, uh, gauge of, of someone's strength. So in the end, uh, he worked at it and continued and 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 basically uh, has now finished third at the Worlds representing Canada. So uh, and and he's from Ontario. So it's uh it's really fantastic to see you know someone work hard and and it pays off. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Now, do you think the sport is still growing? Cause you said back like earlier that it really exploded. Do you think it's still growing right now or like, where do you kind of see it like going? Cause I know it's on TV a lot more. Everyone knows like Thor, and, like all yeah. those like Icelandic guys and um, even a couple of the British guys and stuff like that. So. For sure. No, definitely. And it, it's, um, it's, it's, it's probably the biggest it's ever been. And it's because of, those guys like in a way like Eddie Hall and Thor um those athletes um are like a John Paul Sigmerson back when you know when he was like reigning and, and was a big television personality and uh those those uh those athletes are definitely uh at the forefront and at the level of what the sport was and then you know, kind of what it's developed into and the weights that they're doing now is just incredible. Right. As far as Eddie Hall with his 
world record with a with a deadlift. And uh, there's just there's so much incredible kind of feats of strength that are happening um, as a result of where the sport has where it started and where it ends up. Right. So, yeah, no, pretty incredible. Well, where's um, probably the, like the furthest you've gone and traveled? Like, where's some of the cool spots that this sport well, is? In 2015, um, I went to compete at an organization. Uh, it's uh, World's Natural Strongest Man. And uh, that's run by Laszlo Vekedy. And Laszlo Vekedy in the 90s uh, went to the world's at least three or four times and competed from Hungary. And so he was the, he was the founder of that organization. And so um, I had the, I guess, the good fortune of um, myself and another Canadian, Brian Way from out west, BC. Uh, we went out to represent Canada. And uh, basically, we went and competed uh, in a team competition. Um, but we were paired up with two American athletes. Um, and so those two four or two and two? It was four. Like we, so we were a team of four. Um, and so, and it was, a, it was a, it was a great, like they paid for my flight and the hotel and the food and everything. Um, and uh, basically a big, huge stadium with a great audience um, right in Hungary. And uh, so we competed and, you know, everything, it was, uh, it was, is interesting because I work shift work. So I, lots of times I train and I'm tired. I'm off, off midnights. Right. And, uh, so, you know, I'm not always a hundred percent when I train, but, uh, it really lent itself well, because when I, when we were at six hour difference, um, most of the athletes were super jet lagged, but I was used to, to you know, lifting heavy and, and doing these events, uh, tired. And so that really lent itself to be an advantage for me. Um, and our team ended up finishing in third. Now there was some controversy because we, we actually finished in second. And uh, when I went over to, uh, I was the captain, I went over to speak. So the captains would, would be the only ones to go over and, and talk to Frank, who was the scorekeeper and ref. So at the end, before everything was going to be announced, I just went over to Frank and I just said, Frank just said a curiosity where did North America ended up finishing? And he goes, you've guys finished in second. And we were like, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and uh, then uh, what had happened was uh, the, the UK team or the British team, they tied Hungary. So Hungary was made up of Laszlo Vekedy's three sons and, and, a, and, a, and a nephew. And uh, a super they, team of genetics, right? Yes, yes. And, uh, and they're all super strong. They're all super strong athletes. Uh, incredible and and the contest was really designed for their strengths and and that's okay we know that coming in right um and uh ultimately um we uh we were quite happy and we there's even a picture of us and and i'm holding up number two it looks like a, a peace sign but because we finished second anyway so what happened was <laughs> laszlo beckety came over and said um to frank basically the same question that we did, like where, what's the, who are the, the top, what's the top three teams? And then he said, you and you and UK tied and he lost his mind. He just started yelling in Hungarian. I mean, the audience saw this is televised too. And uh, he's yelling and screaming. And, uh, and Frank, cause we were right near 
where Frank was, where this was happening and uh, our team and where we were located. And so he says, uh, he says, uh, he says, score it, the, score it the new way. And he goes, no, Frank's like, no, I did score it the new way. This is, this is how, it, this is how it played out. You guys, you, you're, these two teams, you and UK tied and, and uh, North America's in second. And then the, I forget who was in third, but anyways, the, the point was, is uh, he lost money. So he goes, then score it the old way. So what he said, score it. And he was, some of it was English, right? He said, score it the old way. So then Frank does the tally again. And by scoring it the old way, basically based on how many Atlas stones you got, um, you got more points for the, maybe 10 points for the last stone, if it was lifted, which they lifted it. So anyway, so the, the old way it came out that Hungary was in first, no one had tied them. You, the British team was in second and then, North America was third. Anyway, so we were just happy to to get third. In fact, I think uh, each of us got uh, it was sixteen hundred euros, which worked out to be like twenty two thousand four hundred Canadian. Um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, we were still really happy and cool trophies and yeah. so on and so forth. So that was a that was a cool experience. And then, of course, we went to see my daughter Emily. She was overseas uh, in England working as an au pair. So we just like flew over there from Hungary. It was like $70 through Ryanair, went and spent a week with her and then flew back. And uh, it was a, it was a great, uh, great time. Recently, before COVID, um, in 2019, I was invited to a contest, an international contest. Um, it was called uh, Donald Dinny Day, The Gathering. And so it was in Scotland. And so we flew over there. And while we were there, we were there for 11 days. I went and did a, the ancient stones of strength tour, which is basically um, all the old clans yeah. um, would lift stones. They were testing stones. So they each clan had different stones and they was, if they lifted it up onto another rock or they shouldered it or brought it up to their waist, whatever their test was, then you would get a feather in your cap and you were now a man. And so that's where the manhood stones came from. Um, was from Scotland, ancient Scotland. So if someone saw you with that feather in your cap, they'd go, oh, they lifted their, that young man just lifted their testing stone. He's really strong. Um, so that's the origin of it. So there's, a, there's like, I don't know, there's a ton of these stones all around Scotland. And so we went on a tour and I was lifting about three a day, three to four a day. Now, and how so heavy are these stones? Just for some reference of anybody. Um, so anywhere from like, 240 pounds to like 370 pounds somewhere in that range like do you know what I mean like and different shapes different sizes um and so yeah so these testing stones so I I was it's a bucket list I mean for years I wanted to go there and try them but I'm and I'm old like I mean I I turned August 31st I turned 49 so this was in 2019 so however old I was then I was 47 maybe anyways I was worried that you know maybe I would be too old before I I wouldn't be able to lift them anyway so we went on this this tour and of course we'd stop and see castles and various touristy things as we were traveling to these stones and anyways so I was competing and I would sometimes I'd have to call goddess strongmen that I was going to be competing against and ask them where this stone was because it's really hard to find like they're not always easy like it's off on a field it's down a road and they're like take the fork and then go anyways it was a real google maps to find these no totally not totally not so anyways so we go and we do all that and i'm very happy that i was successful and able to lift all of them 
And I feel like, you know, it's, it's a real, you know, it's a feather in my cap, if you'll say, because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy to do. And a lot of strong men come there just to do that. So anyways, and we were there for the competition at the end, some of the strong men were saying, you know, better save it for the competition because ultimately you're going to be spent by, by the time you get here after lifting all those stones, because they would see the posts. Right. And uh, anyway, so, yeah, so it was great. There was uh, it was basically um, the, the Denny stones were there. Um, the nickel walking stones. Uh, there was uh, the um, uh, what do you call it there? The inverse stone was part of the contest. It was all these ancient stones that were being lifted in the contest. Right. Yeah. Um, so, it was, uh, it was definitely a, a very cool experience. And so then what happened was we left and uh, um, the next year, because it was COVID 2020, they contacted all the athletes that competed in 2019 and said, we don't want to not have it. Um, so we're going to do a virtual uh, Donald Denny day. And so basically they kind of set out the parameters and then you would videotape your lifts at, like at your house and then send them in. And uh, so it was, it was all like, fortunately, I have lots of stones, like natural stones. And um, so anyways, yeah, so it was, uh, so it was cool. That was my first time competing at a, a virtual contest. So uh, even though the COVID happened in 2020, and I didn't run contests, I still trained and I competed twice, once at a virtual contest, and then once um, static monsters, it was just at a point where they all they opened up enough that they could have 25 without spectators yeah. outside and do the competition and so so last year I, I did that as well which was a that's a static monsters is a it's an interesting concept basically and i don't know if you've heard of it before but it's two lifts in it's basically in the format of your three you get three attempts and your best lift goes to your total so it's a log press and then it's also an axle deadlift how um, so long have are these two weights because I, because well, I know it, one, one thing in strongman, because you came did when you came into the gym that one day, you yeah. never really said the weights. I remember you saying that you say, okay. yeah. And, uh, but I just want to get some reference for right. people listening. So when when you're talking about these stones or like yeah. the stones back in the Hungary, there, like how heavy would this stuff be? So, um, for which the um, oh, so for the like the Denny stones, sure. Let's like, like, yeah. 700, 713 pounds. So they're two stones that are uneven um, yeah. and they have rings in them and they're ancient like they're stones from and i think they 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 were lost so donald dinney was a, a strong man um and an all-around sports athlete like competed in like shot put and um track and field and he was all around um and he was he was scottish and uh so but he also lifted not only did he lift the denny stones he's the one who created them so they're uneven like it's uh one's like 413 pounds and the other one's like are 302 pounds or something and so they're very it's a very uneven lift and so um he walked across so when we say walked across a bridge it's not it's it's the width of a bridge not the length of the bridge and so but that has not even been replicated so many athletes were over a hundred uh, athletes have lifted the um the denny stones it's a huge feat of strength like only like a hundred and brent nickel who had he basically is a is a scottish uh strength athlete he has the record for lifting them the most and it's like he's lifted them i don't know 
400 times or something, um, but not in a row, but like just collectively he's lifted them. He demonstrates it all the time. In fact, he was at our contest demonstrating the best way to do it because he's an expert. But so, but it's one thing to lift them, it's hard enough to lift them, but then to walk across the bridge. So just recently, so uh, I think 10 meters was the record of modern day. And that was held by Brian Shaw yeah. a couple of years ago, just, just after I was, I was there in 2019. Um, and then just recently, Lawrence Chalet went 14 meters with it. He almost like, he was like a few meters shy of crossing the bridge completely and, and replicating Donald Dinney's speed of strength. So Lawrence Chalet is a, is a British strongman who's competed at worlds a bunch of times. And, um, so he, and he's, he's like myself, he's, um, older, like he's not, he's not a young athlete. Um, he's in his like mid forties anyways. So he, uh, yeah, he walked almost, he almost replicated. And we believe that next year, and he even said, like, I definitely will, my goal will be to do it, like to, to cross the bridge, like Donald Denny. So very difficult to do, but that was just an example. But when it comes to the static monsters, basically you pick your weight. So let's say your opening weights, 530 pounds, and then your next weights, 570, and then 610. And so then what happens is your last successful is 610. And then you do your log press, maybe it's 250, then it's 280, and then 310. And then those, the two highest numbers become your total. What happens is, although you're maybe first, let's just say you're first at, at your con, at the contest here, this is going, this is going on around the world um, over the, over two days because of the time zone difference. So there's like one in Australia and there's one in um, Japan and there's one in Iceland and there's like, they're all over. And basically what happens is they tally it up and then the top 10, the top 10 go to Australia for the worlds. And then you go against each other. Um, So, yeah. And I, I was, I was, I finished second, um, but I didn't make the cut because there was like maybe 56 countries competing. And so of the 10, you could be first in your country, but that doesn't mean your total is high enough to make the finals even. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually maybe 24 countries, 24 countries compete. So yeah, so there's 12, there's 12 first place finishers that don't make the final. It, you know what I mean? And so second's definitely not going to make the final. Second's not going to cut it at all because there's a lot of firsts that don't make it. Anyway, so it's an interesting contest. Um, So, for example, who won it last year? Uh, Sorry, last year they didn't hold it. But in 2019 when we held it, it, the Worlds did happen. And it was was Sejunas Savickas. So he's four-time World's Strongest Man. um, And and he won it. Like, um, so, yeah. Um, for, for the strongman competitions, like what is your favorite? What would be your favorite? Like, okay, I love when the log press is up or the Atlas stones. Or <laughs> that, that's a great question. So, um, yeah, it's funny because when I first started, I really had to work on my weaknesses in order to be successful in the sport. Um, your weaknesses need to become your strengths. And if you don't work on that, um, then you'll just stick to your favorite events. So my favorite events uh, typically are like, so poles, so like a, a like a bus pole, a plane pole, a, a transport truck pole. So the, when you're harnessed up and it's, and, yep. you, and you're basically going, 
So I really enjoy those. Um, and I, I really enjoy overhead pressing, whether it's log or keg or uh, axle or whatever it is. I do enjoy the overhead pressing. Um, I enjoy the loads, like loading, um, loading events, whether it's Atlas stones or odd objects or sandbags or kegs. I do, I do really like that event as well. Um, speed events. What one don't you like? Because you just list off. Let's see. <laughs> to be honest, um, I, I don't, I don't love uh, a house of elk carry. Like that's where you're carrying something out front. It could be. Uh, so for example, at Kingston's this year, uh, there's a 350 pound Husavelt stone that you have to pick up. Um, and it, I don't know what it is, but for me, I can never get it very comfortable. Like it's like my diaphragm is very close to the surface of my chest. And no matter how I carry it, I always find that, um, there's a lot of pressure on my diaphragm. It's well, very uncomfortable. It, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, and you're leaning back because you have to really keep that weight uh, if you keep it forward, you're going to lose it, right? Um, your arms just aren't strong enough to, to hold it. But um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's a, it's definitely a mental strength thing. You got to push past the pain and and keep that, keep focused and, and going. Um, and not enough is said about mental strength. Actually, when it comes to this sport, it's a it's a huge part of of the of the strength athletics game i mean a lot of times you know people think well the word strong man is right in the title and so you got to be strong and there's so much more like i would say 50 percent of it is strength probably 30 percent is mental 20 percent is cardio and strong men hate doing cardio but cardio is such a big part of I was going, that was going to be my next question like where are oh, some strength and cardio like because like obviously we we do crossfit here and Yes. In a strongman competition, there's not going to be a lot of body weight movements. Like you guys aren't doing any burpees, I assume. I never see them, but but you guys aren't really doing any like pull-ups and right, right. Uh, like yeah. But the longest events usually would be about under sixty seconds. Yeah, sixty seconds is typically the standard. So you want it, and it's. I'm glad you're bringing this up because ultimately, I'm a big component of cardio, and the reason why is because when I first started against, you know, at the time, Canada's greatest strongman athletes, um, even if I got as strong as them, it was difficult to beat because I'm not, I'm, I'm 5'10", right? And I'm 200 and now I'm like 250, but at the time I was like 210. And uh, so the only way I could beat them was to be faster than them. And so they were big men, they're 360 pounds and they're six foot five. So the secret to my success going up against those giants um, was basically like good cardio, good foot speed, good technique. Um, and so that's the only way I could beat the larger athletes was with, with good technique um, and, and good cardio. So speed was everything. And that's the logo in the logo, Clyde still power, faster, stronger. So I really am all about cardio and everyone hates it. Like I just ran training on Sunday and they all wanted they're like wanting to skip it was hot and they wanted to run they wanted to skip the the run and and i was like i was like i know it, it, it it's not fun but the reality is is cardio is such a big part of this sport like if if we don't have good cardio um we're not going to be successful like i said there's so many things i can teach you and i will teach you them but cardio is so important. Like I can't well, so you recover in the, in the comp, on competition day too. Absolutely. And all that. So 
But how For long sure. were the runs there on Sunday? How long were you guys doing? Oh, we're it's not it's not even like, it's probably like it's like a half a kilometer. It's not even a lot. Um, but for me, what it is, and I, and I always, um, for myself, for training, um, you're right. Our training is, is different for sure. Um, but I do suicides. I do, um, uh, telephone pole sprints where you sprint and then jog and then sprint and then jog and then sprint. And then anyways. And so, uh, I, I, I do that. Uh, I, I do bear crawls, um, is another awesome. big, yeah. Um, and so, and then one day I'll do a long run. Right. So, and it'll be based on what I'm training. Like, so, so for example, we'll just, we'll use the load, for example, yeah. let's say we're picking up a 250 pound keg for the most part, the athletes that I compete against at the level I compete against, we're all going to basically get to the platform around the same time, but where it makes the difference, what makes the difference in the win is how fast. So under a load, we're all going to be roughly within a second or two but it's how fast without a load you run back and pick up that next keg. So most guys jog back to catch their breath. But if you have good cardio, you sprint back and you grab it and then you go. Now you're under a load. So now your heart's going like crazy because you're under a load and you just sprint it. And then you, and then you load the next keg and then you sprint back again. And then you grab that keg. So it's actually the disc without a load. It's the speed back that wins the contest because roughly everyone's pretty much equal under a load. So, but that's something that I bring to my athletes to say, this is where we need to work on that. And that's where suicides come in. Right. But the thing is a lot of people, um, you know, when it comes to that, it's, it's hard work. Like you got to put, you got to put the work in for that, for like six weeks before for that one event to do that in 60 seconds. Well, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or 40 seconds or whatever, whatever you, however fast you are in loading, whatever it is. Yeah. Doing, um, sprints and like doing the cardio, like we get some members here, obviously in CrossFit, CrossFit, I call it, it's an endurance sport with some strength training in it. Um, but like a lot of people, they don't like, I, I, I don't like the longer workouts and stuff, but like doing cardio, it's not sexy. It's not cool. There's no skill no. to like, running suicides. There's no like, okay, pick up carry. I got to do this position. It's just like, no, it's just pure grit, right? Yeah. You just got to put your head down and just kind of suck cool. it up. Know you're going to be uncomfortable for the next like eight minutes, however long your suicides are for, right? Um, do you ever find like um, when people come in for training, like you can tell right away what, like through training, I always found that it reveals a lot about a person's character, right? And we get different types of people that come into the gym or just like I've trained with. And some of them, they're like, doesn't matter how hard the workout is. They're never going to complain. They're going to put their head down. They just got, they got the grit. And like they're, and you can see that when it carries on to their everyday life, like wherever they're doing in work, their kids, whatever, they've never complained. They just work hard. Like, do you find that with people when they come and train, they're like that? Like they, like how they train reveals a lot in their character. 100%, 100%. You're, you're, you're bang on. I mean, uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll give a, a perfect example and, and it's someone we both know. And, and, um, so, um, <laughs> Alexis Stoller, she's never, she's a great attitude yep. and she's never, ever complained about anything, no matter what you ask her to do, she'll do it. Um, another one is, and she's also from your camp is, uh, Amy Morton. She was another one like, never gave up hundred percent great attitude. And she's um, a great example of the cardio because 
like she'd never done the events before, but she just had work capacity, right? And Absolutely. so she was able to, like she won it that year. So she was just right. able to do like the log press. The other person went fast. She was like, if I can just hold on yep. to sustain for a minute without going too fast, keep my heart rate down, like, yes, energy, right? Yes. She, and, and she, yeah, she's, she's a very gifted athlete. Um, obviously she works hard um, right. and she was, you know, trained under your tutelage, but uh, a lot of that can't be taught as far as being smart, how to compete, um, you know, having that mental toughness and the mental side of this sport is so huge. There's so many strong people that come that don't have the mental side of it. And if you don't have that, if you, don't have a belief in yourself if you don't have the attitude that if someone just lifted you know whatever it is press 300 pounds eight times and you're like oh my goodness i've never pressed that in, in training there's no way i'll be able to do it you, then you won't do it but if you're like if one person can do it then i can beat it i just need to do nine and and you push yourself if you're the last one to go right um and, and amy had that and and that's what uh, you know and she's super successful continues to be i think she's in the u.s now and i see her posts and she's super successful like she's yeah like she's like you know an elite athlete and and so we always said that we said if an elite athlete um like an elite crossfitter or a top-end crossfitter comes to a strongman competition because they're they're um strength and cardio and endurance is so good um they'll always finish in the top three like and and it's always the case um and we've had them um they're always uh they always do quite well no strong no because no, um going back to picking up the because you guys came to the gym the one time when we yep. did that strongman demo whatever like where you guys brought in the atlas stones sandbags we, we did flip some tires. We did some farmer carries and stuff like that. So I remember when you guys came in, my brother Pete was there. You guys, what was it the sandbag? And the yes. We both were like 300 pounds, right? And we, yeah. had, to them up. we had to put them on like some yeah. jerk blocks. I remember you are just like, yeah, we never say the weight, but let's just go pick them up. We're just going to carry yeah. them over there. And my brother Pete went first. Pete's 15 yeah. years older than me. Like, oh, I'm a competitive when it comes to him. He picked up the sandbag. I, I'm like, he, he's always stronger than me. He's always going to be stronger than me. Yeah. Has that like, he just like see the size of his hands. His hands are like, twice bit, yeah, yeah. So like he, sure. just, he like he had more strength background, right? I could always yeah. finish the competition. I'll beat him more in the more um, gymnastic movements, like the more aesthetic that take a little bit more sure. high end, high end skill there, right? And that's the only way yeah. I can get him. But right you the sandbag and put it on there i was like god fucking damn it now i gotta pick it up so i remember the only reason i was like what going on your point the only reason i knew i didn't know but like i picked it up it was the heaviest way i ever like cleaned or anything basically cleaned yeah. it, your hips, carried yeah. over i remember that but yeah and you did it yeah and and you were like if my brother just did it i'm gonna do it so there's uh, a bit of civil uh there's there's uh when it comes to that it's um you know you were in that mindset that no matter what you were going to do it because one, one person just did it. So I'm going to do it. Um, and the reason we don't tell the weights is because, you know, we were doing what happens is if we say to people when they're, when they're new to something and we go, Oh, this weighs this much, they'll automatically defeat themselves mentally and go, well, I can't do that. And then they'll, and they won't do it. But if we don't tell them to wait and we show them how to do it, they'll be more willing to come in and try it. Because if they think to themselves, I'm, oh, that's too heavy. I can't do that. Then like, 
it'll happen. It won't do, you won't do it. No, that happens in the gym too. Cause we get some people like, well, okay guys, we're going to do some deadlifts. Like, okay, we're teaching someone brand new to fitness. We're teaching them on the deadlift. They, they're like someone over there is deadlifting 155 pounds. Like I can never do that. I'm just going to stick with the empty barbell. It's like, no, today we're going to work around. We'll just start putting a little bit of weight here, a little bit more weight. Yep. We slowly start adding it. We're like, yeah, let's put another 10 pounds, another 10 pounds. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. And then at the end, they're like, how much is that? You're like, you just did like 145 pounds. Exactly. Right? Yes. hundred percent. That mindset. Yeah. yeah it, it, it totally is. And it, it's such a big, and that, I mean, there's, like hundreds of books written on the mental side of sport. Right. Um, and the belief in oneself and, you know, being able to visualize success and there's a whole bunch, there's a whole, you know, formula to it. Um, but yeah, I can't, again, I, I, I do this with my athletes all the time. Like I believe in you, but I need you to believe in yourself. Like you have to be able to push aside any negativity. Um, and, and that lens comes right back to what you were saying about people's how they are in life and, and, and their, their work ethic in the gym and their attitude. And, and, and it, in a way it's therapy because I, I don't know how many times I've been training athletes and they, there's a lot going on emotionally with them in their life. And it comes out in the, in the training as far as it's a emotional sometimes thing for, for people. And they'll just like burst into tears because they'll be like, thank you so much for this because ultimately you know, I'm in a really rough place in my life. And this is the only thing that's kind of positive. And, you know, you're positive every week and, and you, and you push me in a good way. And, you know, I've, I've, I've finally achieved the goal here and, you know, and I've, I've just been so negative. There's so much negativity and I'm dealing with this and I'm dealing with that. And, and unfortunately that's, that's life. And, and then sometimes, you know, it's working through stuff with people. I mean, I had an athlete come here and, <laughs> and, and my daughter comes to a lot of the training sessions and some of the other, um, you know, kind of advanced athletes, uh, you know, would, would have difficulty with this, with this person because his attitude was so bad, you know, he would never like, so part of Clyde's own power is, you know, we, we do a lot of the training outside when the weather's nice, like we move equipment outside and, and we, we basically do the events outside. So maybe it's the Conan's wheel or, or Fingal fingers or, or whatever. Um, but there's some setup that's required and then there's some teardown. And uh, so all the athletes chip in, but some athletes or this one in particular would not never help. Like he would just go do something else. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it, we're a team. And so anyways, we would have, I would have polite conversations about that. And uh, ultimately uh, he came, he finally came around, but there, for three years, for three years, I, I, I was at my wits end. I was, I was like, some days, um, you know, I almost was like, I'm going to have to kick this person out of ISO power. Their attitude's so bad. It's affecting the other members. Anyways, we kept working with him, kept working. Anyways, he had a great attitude eventually, but he was going through a lot of stuff in his life. And not that that makes it, you know, it's not an excuse. Ultimately, um, I'm glad I put the work in for that athlete and worked through a lot of his kind of issues. And uh, I think that later it made him a better person um, as a result. But uh yeah, we get all kinds of people that, uh, you know, are going through a lot of different stuff and it's all, it's all part of the game. And that's the, that's why the, the mental, the mental side of things is so important. Like you've got to have your head in the game 
I mean, it's, it can be dangerous to the sport, but I mean, if, if you've got a lot going on and you're going to a big contest and you're not focused on the objective at hand because of what's going on in your life, um, it's going to, it's going to translate. It's going to affect you as far as your performance at that event, hundred percent. So you always try to stay positive and try to keep, uh, I mean, there's things in life you can't control, but you know what I mean? That's such a big part of sport is the, the mental side of it. I mean, I, there was an athlete, um, and Dominic Filio is a perfect example. With Hugo Girard in training, he would beat him at every event, every event. He would he was stronger, Dominic was. Um, but when it came to, you know, competing against Hugo, Hugo would always win. And Dominic could never beat him because his mental, um, Dominic's mental side of, uh, you know, competing wasn't there yet and so what would happen is he would kind of unravel when it was competition because you have to learn how to compete right as far as the mental side and even though you would beat him in training he was stronger than him on game day Hugo would beat him like you know no problem because it wasn't about that and I can I can attest to that there's guys that I've beaten who are stronger than me in gym lifts if we were just to go and to a bench or a deadlift or a squat but hands down they were way stronger than me but I'm difficult to beat and I can be beaten on any day. Don't get me wrong. But on game day, um, when it's moving events like, uh, you know, farmer's walk or um, tire flipping or, or whatever, um, my, my speed and my, once my speed and strength come together, um, I'm very, I'm very, very challenging. It's very difficult. I mean, I can be beaten. I've been beaten lots, but for the most part, I'm always in the top three because I have a, you know, a, a good mental strength and I'm able to, keep my mind and body as one and uh, I don't unravel and even if I have a bad event I don't unravel I I just pick up points in the next one and the next one like do you know what I mean and where athletes sometimes they have a bad event and they unravel and then they just they just get discouraged and then they it's it's over for them so it's an interesting part of of the strength game is the the mental side as well as the emotional side right no I think that comes with any athlete like in all sports <laughs> You have to learn how to brush off a bad play, um, a bad event, like the ref or judge, um, like no ref to you on something like that. You like, you got to put that emotion aside, focus on the things you can't control. 100%. This was awesome. Thank you so much for jumping on with this. Now, if someone wants to find you, how can they find you? What's the best way, easiest way? Someone's like, hey, I want to do some strongman training. How can they find you? So probably, I mean, you, you can go to the Facebook, um, I'm on Facebook and, and contact me through, through messenger. Um, but you know, you can also email me. Um, it's a bit more complicated. It's, uh, it's, it's Clydesdale, but it's, that's the tricky part because if you spell Clydesdale, um, I had to change the spelling a little bit because I get a lot of horse, um, Clydesdale breeders contacting, <laughs> yeah. emailing me. Yeah. So, so anyways, uh, so it's C-L-Y-D-S-D-A-L-E-P-O-W-E-R at hotmail.ca. So normally Clydesdale is spelt with E-S in yep. the middle between the two Ds, but I had to drop that and just have the S um, just because uh, of that reason. But uh, Well, you could invite those people out to training. You might get some. I could. I could. Well, <laughs> it might not be their element, but. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Um at one point there was a, there was talk about me going up against a, like a Clydesdale horse, like meaning like them pulling, you know, a, 
a stack of bricks and me pulling something equal beside it, but it had wheels, obviously, because I'm not going to be able to pull bricks very far like yeah. they do. But there was talk of, of uh, arranging something like that. And I said, I'd be agreeable to it, but it, it just never, never transferred. But uh, well, anyway. that'll be a perfect story to see that. So, yeah, so, for sure. Oh, thank you so much for jumping on here. Thank you. And, uh, you know, it's been an honor and privilege. You've sent me a lot of athletes over the years. And uh, I, I really appreciated that because it's so great to have new infusion into the sport. Yeah. And, um, and I, it's great working with you. And I, and I love doing that demo with, with your people. And it was a, it was a great, uh, it's a great memory for sure. And, and hopefully we can do more things together. No, for sure. I'd love to get out to your property there so we can play around with more toys. So. Absolutely. You're, you're 100% welcome. And you're welcome to come out on the on this uh, Sunday, the, the 29th, uh, for Kingston's Strongest. Yeah, Animal. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah, good luck in that too. Sure. So, For sure. Well, thank you. All right. Take it easy. All right. Appreciate it.